As a Christian parent, it can be challenging when you see your child make a decision that is contrary to what scriptural principles are teaching. Uh, but what if their bad choices are rooted in not you know defiance, but instead a set of lies that they're believing about God, a mistruth? I'm John Fuller, along with family therapist and uh, the head of Focus on the Family's parenting team, Dr. Danny Huerta. Um, Danny, Scripture's very clear that Satan wants us to believe a lie, and he wants our kids to believe lies about God, doesn't he? Yeah, he's the divider, the deceiver. We know that those are other names that he has and meanings to his name. And in Genesis 3, that's the most obvious one that we get in Scripture, I think, where it says that, "...now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made." And when we see that, it says... Uh, He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Hmm. And you could see him calling God into question. You know, Eve was responding and said, yeah, he said we can't eat of this tree. And he said, really, why not? Hmm. And then he started to bring into question God's trustworthiness and God's intentions, even though they're purely loving for Adam and Eve. Mm -hmm. And Eve took the bait. And she began to question and go, really? I mean, it looks good, actually. You're right. And Satan began to create some trust towards him. Hey, I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And, and be, began to, to, to shift Eve's heart away from that attached place with God. And we see that so much in culture today where there isn't trust. Trust has come into question in everything through social media and through many other things. And attachment is a big issue. And when you talk to people about their relationship with God, it begins to feel distant, sometimes because of trust or because some trustworthiness is brought into question. This is an old playbook Satan's bringing Mm -hmm. to the table. We need to be aware of it and know that God is trustworthy all the time. That is truth. That is biblical truth. And if you uh, take nothing else away from this podcast, just ruminate on that truth, that God is perfection and loving and kind and totally trustworthy. Let's go ahead and turn now to a conversation Focus President Jim Daly had with Dana Gresh as they talk more about uh, the enemy of our souls and, in fact, that passage from the Old Testament book of Genesis and how the liar wants to lead our kids astray. What is the first lie that uh, was told to Eve in the garden? I think we all, if we've read the story, we kind of know it, but um, it played to her emotions. Describe that the way you process it. Well, can you imagine life before lies and deception? It's hard. Yeah, and the beauty of that place they lived in, and they're cocooned in fellowship with God. They walked with God. Every day. In the cool of the afternoon. In the cool of the afternoon. <laughs> they walked with him. What an what a gift yeah. that they experienced friendship with their creator. And then Satan comes, disguised as a snake, and the book of John says that he is a liar and he is the father of all lies. Every lie you've ever heard originates with one source, Satan. He is the father of them. And he comes with that first lie to Eve. And think about this. It's this beautiful garden full of trees, right? And God has given them some instructions. You can eat of every tree in the garden. So many to choose from. I don't know what kind of trees, but there are a lot of trees, right? And he says, this one tree is the only one is, that's off limits. So what God had given to them was far more significant than what he was withholding. There's a lesson in that for somebody mm-hmm. today. But Satan comes, and what does he try to tell Eve he essentially tells her, did God really say? 
So he makes her question. Yeah. Right. And she starts to embellish what God says. And she says, God said, we can't even touch the tree or we'll die. God didn't say that. He didn't say don't touch the tree. He said don't eat from it. There's legalism. From the beginning, we see legalism alive and well. Ah, We take God's rules and we make them a bigger rule than they really are. Don't do that in your parenting. Don't do that in your parenting. Rules without relationship are so damaging to the heart of a child. But right from the beginning, we see we had a proclivity for that. Mm. And what Eve ultimately believed, I think, at the base of that tree is the first lie we write about and lies girls believe. I should say Nancy DeMoss Walgamuth helped me a lot with forming this book. Um, God is not enough. Mm. God is not enough. I need that piece of fruit. Because if I have that piece of fruit, I'm going to be like God, right? That was the lie she believed. And that's really the lie that all of us believe when we reach for whatever it is, when we reach for food, when we reach for the remote control, when we reach for our phones to scroll mindlessly through social media, when we reach for pornography, when we reach for um, uh, friendships that aren't healthy for us, we're, we're saying God isn't enough. Now, what do you think girls between the ages of eight and 12, you got to really put your creative thinking caps. John has a better chance <laughs> yeah, of getting this answer I'm going to miss correct. this already. Probably still All right? miss it. So what do you think? I mean, girls said a lot of things. If I could get on the soccer team, then God would be enough. If I could have a best friend, then God would be enough. If I could have um, hmm. uh, this kind of schooling, God would be enough. If I could have a puppy, God would be enough, right? But what do you think was the one thing that most of them mentioned every time? John? I, I don't know. Um, I, I guess... Um, it might hint. It might be what we're talking about. Relationships. Yeah. yeah, there we go. They were like, if I had a friend, or if yeah. I had more friends, or if I had a best friend, mm. then God would be enough. And so right here, you have something that really needs to be addressed, because that ache in her heart is for what? Who, who did God create her to have relationship with? Right. With him. God created your daughter to have relationship with him. Mm. And until she has that relationship with him, you know, I remember one of my girls was in college. She decided to stay for a summer and do some work there on campus. And she was really lonely. Well, I'm an author. I can write from anywhere. So I go into mom fix it mode, which is Moms, pay close attention because we should not do this. But I was, <laughs> the, I was the dad thing. Let's fix I was, it. Dad, th- but moms do it too. I was ready to pack my suitcase and go just like at least for a week, be with her, go out with her for dinner at night, be her friend, fix the brokenness, right? Fix mm. the ache, fix mm. the loneliness. And I'm weeding my flower bed and I'm just like planning the trip. And suddenly I sense in my heart God saying, do you really want to get in the way of the work I'm doing in your daughter's heart. Wow, that's tough. What if this loneliness, I'm allowing it to happen so she'll need me? Hmm. And I knew it was true. Yeah. And I just sat down with my weeding equipment and cried because I knew that the pain she was going to feel, there was no way around it, but that I, as a mom, the best thing I could do was help her to understand God is enough. Danny, going back to what Dana said about uh, the lies that girls believe, how so many of them are connected to relationships, I'm wondering about boys, because we Hmm. boys tend to have a different kind of relationship with other people. What are some of the lies that boys tend to believe in, if they're any different from what girls believe? Oh, there are. There are many different ones. And that 
over the years, I've, I've kind of made a list of Ooh. these these lies. This could that, be a book. Boys, that's right. This or could a podcast be a book, series, right? yeah. And uh, I affirmed him with some of the, the guys that were at uh, our home for a Bible study yesterday, just saying, hey, what do you guys think of these lies? And they, they definitely affirmed them. One of them is that power equals manliness, that if you're powerful or the most powerful one in the room, you're more manly, especially with around other boys, and then attracting multiple women is manly. And the more women you have, the more worth you have, the, the more you're winning in the competition. And then the other I'm taking ones... taking notes here, so... <laughs> yeah, the other ones are that a six-pack, you need a six-pack in order to be attractive. Culture keeps showing that. And I hear over and over boys saying, man, I've got a six-pack. The girls are going to like this. The ladies love this. And that's how they feel they're going to be attractive enough. And then physical strength equals value and worth. That if I have actual physical strength, I'm going to be more valuable around the other guys and that I need to be the number one or the winner to have value. There are a lot of lies on this value. How mm-hmm. valuable am I? And then yeah. that crying is weak. If I need help, that's weak. And uh, so I'm not going to ask for help. And weakness and failure are actually bad rather than good. And that losing makes me a loser. Yeah. Uh, this if one's an If you're not a winner, one. you're a loser. That's what a lot of guys think. That's right. And this was one that all the, boy, the guys brought up unanimous. Mm. They said, bulking makes you more manly. Mm. Well, so that's a current at, culture. Looking at me, you can tell <laughs> I've got a one a one pack ab. <laughs> <laughs> You're bulking up, right, John? Yeah, yeah. I can't. No, and that's an interesting one, a very unhealthy one that currently in culture is very popular hmm. around teen boys and college age boys. Bulking in order to be big and huge, in order to feel hmm. more manly yeah. around their friends, and they're looking for respect and uh, and power. There's a thirst for that within boys. Mm-hmm. There are much more steadfast ways to look for that. And I love the verse in Psalm 34 too, John, where it says, My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Mm. What if the boys learn that it begins with humility and that's where you begin to find your manhood? That is a wonderful way to round out this uh, episode about lies that uh, we hear about God, that little girls and little boys and Frankly, adult girls and adult boys still tend to lean on uh, as our truth. But uh, there's so much coming at your kids. We know that, and we've got a great uh, article. It's free. It's in the show notes. Uh, It's called Three Ways to Help Your Child Deal with Peer Pressure. Again, uh, go to the show notes, click the link there, read that, and you'll understand better how to help your boy or your girl Uh, avoid some of the peer pressure that they're so naturally exposed to. And then Dana Gresh has written two incredible books that tie right in to today's conversation. Uh, One is Lies Girls Believe, and then there's A Mom's Guide to Lies Girls Believe. And we've bundled those together along with the free download of our whole conversation. And uh, that's available for a donation to the Ministry of Focus on the Family of any amount. Make a generous monthly contribution if you can do that. If these podcasts have helped, if Focus has been a part of your parenting journey and you've benefited from what we do, or um, if you're not in a spot to do that, maybe a one-time contribution of any amount. Either way, look at the show notes, find the link, donate, and get that book bundle from us. More from Dana Gresh next time. She'll talk about the ways the internet is, surprisingly, negatively impacting girls and their social skills. For now, 
I'm John Fuller, and on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the team, thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast. As a parent, it's easy to find myself sitting backseat to my kids in the backseat. It's tough to be a step ahead. In full honesty, I'm pretty hard on myself when that happens. But I've found Practice Makes Parent, a podcast from Focus on the Family, hosted by Dr. Danny Huerta and Rebecca St. James. It helps me be more intentional and not feel alone when things get tough. Everything they share is practical and well-practiced, and I can use it right away. Listen to Practice Makes Parent wherever you get your podcasts.